0: Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. This is episode 5. Today I'm joined by Neil and Neil only. I am alone. Well, you're here. Well, I'm here. (laughs) Basically you are alone though, I'm just kind of here. Justin is not with us for this
1: episode. He's not. He's on vacation. He's taking a bit of a breather from work and we haven't even really filmed anything recently. He's been been away so the channel has uh, slowed down a little bit and my dad stepped in and made a few little few little videos, a few, few little clips. I'm going to film some more next coming days and um, I'm not exactly sure when Justin's going to be back but uh, next week should be should pick up pretty good. His shoulders are tired from carrying the load. Exactly. He's the talent of the show. <laughs> he's, he's a good source of uh, information. Yeah. He's very clearly the more knowledgeable hockey person in this whole production. So I will tell you right off
0: the top that this episode is more than likely going to be less time than the other ones. Yeah, probably half. Yeah, if we're super lucky well, we'll see how it goes and normally i create the intro before and after the, the episode this time we're going straight straight into, straight it. into it so what straight you hear is it. is neil and i talking on saturday morning saturday morning at uh, about nine forty nine AM. a.m hmm. so uh let's recap the pittsburgh series yeah crazy uh, both you and i were both watching i sent you the text yeah after it was over i just said one word
1: bummer yeah bummer bummer indeed I was recording myself watching the overtime. I've seen that because, in one of those episodes, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew it was coming, obviously. I mean, it's overtime. Someone's got to score, and I wanted to get my reaction on camera. And I just, like, that play when it was going on in the Ottawa zone, I just knew. Like, I just have a bad feeling. And I think I may have said that. And then, boom, Kunitz scored. And it's just, oh, so disappointing. But, so you, I mean, the better team won. So. And Anderson was totally screened, too. So I mean, He was by his own you, defense You feel
0: team. bad for him. That yeah. People will say that they hate on us a little bit for being anti-pittsburgh and being biased i guess and i'm not i'm not biased i just i want to see something else
1: yeah exactly and that that's all it comes down to i mean very happy for the for the players of pittsburgh very happy for their fans and the city i mean it's been great for hockey in the past Well, since cross became the league even in the early 90s they were about to go bankrupt and lemieux yager and Mm. you know they won those cups and saved the city kind of thing and then they were going to go bankrupt again and uh, just before Crosby came in the league, I think I think there was rumors about that. And you know, look at the city now; they got a new arena and all one of the biggest fan bases in in North America, probably. And uh, yeah, that's all because they tanked. All because they tanked. <laughs> yeah. So
0: if you're looking for the uh, pro Pittsburgh angle, you're probably not going to get a lot of it today. We will. We will be fair.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have all the respect in the world for right. for what they do. I mean, they're clearly the best, if not.
0: They were like, the better team. There's yeah, no doubt. They're about the better
1: it. team, and and. Like you said, we don't hate Pittsburgh, we just want to see a new team, and more specifically a new city and their fans, be able to experience a cup run. For and, example, Nashville, like, exactly. I, don't, I don't think neither of us are Nashville fans, like, we didn't, started this year, we weren't like, yeah, go Nashville, I can't wait. No, I mean, in my mid-season predictions that I made of what teams would make the Stanley Cup, Nashville wasn't, wasn't even on <laughs> my, like, I had them missing the playoffs in ninth, and well, they were the 16th seed, so you weren't far off. I wasn't far off, but they're the only team in the West I got wrong. And like, I, I just, I really didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. And when they did make the playoffs and I made my bracket predictions, I'm like, okay, you fooled me once, but not this time. And I'm so happy that they've made it this far. And like you said, we're not really Nashville fans, but happy for the organization and their fans more than anything. If Washington had beat
0: Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and it would have ended up being Washington, Nashville, what side do you think you would have aligned with? Oh, wow. That's a really, really tough one. It because is. I w- see, the Ottawa angles is easy for us in a way because you kind of want to see a Canadian team do it. Yeah. But I also, I'm okay with Nashville too. I would be torn between an Ottawa and Nashville series.
1: I would too because, I mean, it would be amazing to see P.K. Suma lift a cup. You know, Mike Fisher, Becca Renee is coming to an end of his career here in the next couple of years. It, I mean, there's so many good stories on, on either side. It's going to be really tough. Mm-hmm. And if I mean, if Washington made it, I don't know how you can't cheer for Ovechkin to win the Cup, just just, just so he can say that he did it finally. If Justin were here, I think he would cheer for Nashville. He would definitely cheer for Nashville. <laughs> Although, you know what? When we did our uh, rankings of favorite teams, I think Justin has Washington fourth or fifth. Really? Yeah, it's high. So I, I know he wants them to win a Cup. He's just but not the not doesn't a think Ovechkin is as great as everyone else seems to think he is. Exactly, yeah. I think I'd have to cheer for Washington mm-hmm. just based on on Ovechkin, but probably any other team, Nashville, I'd have to choose for not, yeah, Cheer for Nashville. I think I'm the same way. Yeah. It's easy for us to cheer for Ottawa, like you said, because they're Canadian and they have so many storylines: Anderson and MacArthur and Ryan, and you know.
0: So a lot of the uh, the viewership of the channel and this podcast are actually from the states. Yes. So do you think it would have been the the same way in reverse? Like, would they be cheering for Pittsburgh, even though Pittsburgh's been there so much? Or do you think they'd be cheering for the, the, I guess,
1: underdog in the Senators? Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure how Americans perceive this whole thing. Because as Canadians, and I, and I guess I've had this conversation with some Americans, they don't understand the mentality, or this person that I was talking to didn't understand the mentality of Canadians cheering for Canadian franchises, other Canadian franchises, just because they're Canadian, like... I guess there's so many American franchises. Mm. There's what, 27 or 23 or whatever there mm-hmm. is of them, or 24. And there's so few of Canadian franchises. Mm-hmm. So, and it's been so long since the Cup's been in Canada. Yeah. That, that's another part of it. It's been since 1993, it's been like 24 years or 25 years or whatever it's been. It's been too long and you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, but if the Toronto Maple Leafs brought back the Cup to Canada, I would be thrilled. Yeah. I'd be I'd be jealous for sure, as a as a Montreal Canadiens fan. But I would be thrilled as a Canadian because it's to see a, a team go deep. It's not only great for Canada and TV viewers and stuff, but also financially for the cities and stuff. They mm-hmm. they make a lot of money off it, and, and when they make a lot of money, that's good for uh, the Canadian economy, even if it's just a a, a drop in a large pool. Mm-hmm. Do you think
0: um, Ottawa is? I don't know what the right word is the least interesting Canadian team, like, off the radar? Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, Vancouver is just bad. But when they're good, they're good. Mm. Ottawa, to me, has always seemed, like, way off in the distance. Like, they're doing their own thing and no one's really paying attention to them. Yeah. Always. Always, yeah.
1: There's not, like... uh, And that might have a little bit to do with location as well. I mean, there's pretty close to Toronto. There's, you know, the Battle of Ontario and stuff. Whenever you see regular season games... Of Toronto playing in Ottawa, half the rinks is Toronto (laughs) Maple Leafs fans. And and I think generally there aren't really a lot of Ottawa Senators fans in comparison to the other Canadian teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vancouver may be the exception, but um, we don't don't really see a lot of Vancouver fans on this side of the country because, you know, Vancouver's literally on the other side of the country. And how often are we in BC? I've only been there like Mm -hmm. twice in my life or three times and once when I was five. Like I don't, you know, so yeah. I would say it might come down to the style of hockey they play too. Yeah. Because they're a little boring. Yeah. They've got 131 system, so. Their whole tactic was to bore them out of the building for game seven. Yeah. That's a direct quote. And I mean, it is it is it is more boring than 90% of the styles that other teams play, but, you know, it's effective. That's mm-hmm. that's that's why they're there. They overachieved because they stuck to a system and and, you know, like they didn't. They didn't get there on talent alone, like Washington and, and Pittsburgh and stuff. They basically willed their way. They wanted it so bad that they, you know, they just believed and they stuck to the system. And yeah.
0: So do you think they're going to be there again next year, or do you think this was a blip?
1: I think that they might not make the playoffs next year, and I don't say that because like I don't like them. I I, I like Ottawa. I just think that they overachieved this year, and mm-hmm. they're so inconsistent even in the regular season the last 20 games of the season they didn't play well and in the middle of the season they were playing fantastic they were chasing montreal for the for the top seed in the atlantic division and they almost took it and for one split second actually about 10 minutes because of the way they get the games ended ottawa actually passed montreal and then montreal won the game that they were playing at the same time like 10 minutes later mm. and jumped them again in points and then they never lost that position again but you know it was close and Ottawa kind of just lost the steam in the last half of the season or the last third of the season. And, you know, some of the games watching them in the, in the playoffs this year, they're so inconsistent. It, it's just night and day. And I don't understand it. It's not going to change. They're going to play the same system. They're going to have a majority of the same roster next year. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe this experience will, will help them move forward next year, but I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs next year. Mm, And I don't either. Like, like I'm a Boston
0: fan. So I follow Boston and, Audible is quite a bit ahead of us in the regular season. And then all yeah. of a sudden we're catching up and then all of a sudden all those teams are there and then they get a little bit of a head, head lead and then they're caught up again. So I think that kind of shows your point exactly. They, they're they up and down. And one thing that I found interesting in game seven is Chris Kelly and someone else had less than three minutes of game time in the regular or three periods. Yeah. And that was his first game of the whole
1: yeah. playoffs, I think. So
0: you're you're effectively running only three lines, whereas Pittsburgh, they're running all four. And they're deep. Like, Pittsburgh's yeah. deep. Yeah. You know, Ottawa gave them a hard time. It's it's amazing, really, when you think about it. You know, I'll I'll give my hats off to Ottawa, though. They were literally a shot away from going to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, just a lucky bounce. So. Uh, it's crazy. Like, like, Pittsburgh is obviously the better team. They won, and they looked better. But they were one shot away from not
1: making it this year. Just a bad bounce. Yeah. They had two opportunities to end it. And, they, you know, luckily luckily they came through in Game 7 overtime. But, I mean, ugh. St- stressful, and right. they've got, and they've got injuries. They've got a lot of injuries, and they're
0: facing going to be a Nashville team that also has injuries. Exactly. So, what do you think for the next
1: series? I don't really know. It's going to be interesting to see those two styles of hockey meet. Um, Nashville's a much faster team than Ottawa, mm-hmm. and you know Pittsburgh's a fast team too. They they play kind of the same style of of mm-hmm. of hockey. Uh, Nashville utilizes their their blue line a little more, um, but you know Pittsburgh also has quite the staff back in the mm-hmm. on their blue line so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a battle for sure and you know pk Subban's gonna be all over crosby mm-hmm. and they're and it's gonna be great you know they're friends off the ice so it's gonna be entertaining to watch them on the ice and you know there's gonna be some other matchups too that it'll be interesting to watch and uh flurry leaving and matt ray coming in and still does not sit right with me even like i mean i'm not saying it's, it's the wrong decision it's just. I don't think Flurry deserves to sit on the bench. I mean, he had one bad half of a first period, mm-hmm. and he hasn't played since. Mm-hmm. And you know, Matt Murray's not a bad goalie. He's obviously very, very good. He won, he won the Stanley Cup last year when he wasn't considered a rookie. This year, it's his technical rookie year, and he could win the Stanley Cup again. I don't like. I don't think that's ever happened. So when Justin was here on,
0: I think it was two podcasts ago, he said that he thought that Flurry may be the MVP. Yeah, so far. Because of how well he kept the team in, so it's obviously that Pittsburgh's going to protect Murray. Yeah, they have to. He's the, he's the future. So does that mean that Vegas is almost guaranteed to take
1: Flurry as their goalie from Pittsburgh? I don't know. I think they might. Uh, I think they might move him. There's rumors of Calgary. Really? Yep. I mean, Flurry's reaching the, the end of his career, but if he went to Calgary, Elliot left. I would say that Flurry probably has the net to himself for the next two to four years to mm-hmm. round off his career. And there's been a lot of rumors of that. So, you know, we'll see. I'm not sure what Vegas is going to do for a goalie. They've got a lot of options. I know that. I mean, they, and, uh, and uh, the Rangers. Do you think uh, they might look at a Bernier or something like that? Probably not. I wouldn't put. It, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, but Toronto tried it. It didn't work out. Yeah. I. I. I know that Antiranta is ready to be a starter. He's. I. I think he's the best backup in the league. After Scott Darling, uh, his contract ended this year. If New York doesn't trade him. I think Las Vegas is going to be all over. That's my that's my predict, my goalie prediction for for Vegas. <laughs> so I have a question
0: for you but I don't know if you can answer it. Uh-oh. If when do contracts end? Like if your contract ends, let's say this year for mm-hmm. this this past season and then you go into free agency and the trades in the summer, yep. can you trade someone that's not signed yet? Like are they still are they still technically
1: on your roster until the season starts? You can trade like, if, if I'm a UFA this year, mm-hmm. then you can trade me up until... July 1st? Uh, July 1st. Yeah. And then after that, they can't? They don't so They don't own your rights anymore. Is the draft before that or after that? The draft is before that. It's at the end of June. Okay. I think it's like June 24th or June 23rd.
0: So, any free agent goalies that will be up this year, they could be picked by Vegas before they actually go into free agency. Exactly.
1: Okay. Yeah. So... I mean that's why it's gonna, you're, we're going to see some some backdoor deals and some trades. To, I guarantee you that's going on right now, and it's going to be so interesting because I mean this has kind of never happened before. I mean it it has, but not in mm-hmm. not in recent years. I mean the last time that there was something like this, we were pretty young, yes. So and we did we didn't really care. I don't think at that point. No, right? <laughs> you, know, you know, uh, it's going to be really exciting. I'm I'm I think I'm more excited for that than I am the Stanley Cup playoffs, <laughs> which is or the final story the, the the finals, which is probably sounds ridiculous but i kind of probably like you i like the the back-end deals and Mm -hmm. the finances and the contracts and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be interesting to watch for sure and i think we're going to see some shockers i think we're going to see some big big shockers i hope we do yeah and some last minute ones too it's going to be exciting but you know the draft and then the build up to the free agency day that that week or week and a half it's going to be it's going to be delicious (laughs) as a hockey fan And uh, I'm excited to make some videos about it and uh, chat about it on this podcast when that time comes. Is there a possibility of a live stream reaction? I hope so. It's all going to depend on a few things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kind of mentioned this in the live stream that we did last time, but um, I'm going to be out of work soon. My company, well, as you know, I guess I'll let everyone at home know, my company has downsized their budget and there were lots of people let go. And unfortunately, I was one of them. So I'm being let go as of Tuesday coming up and i don't have any job and my lease runs out my apartment at the end of next month so i i don't have anywhere to live so i might have to move back to uh, Prince Edward island and if that's the case then i'll be out june 30th and if the live stream is july 1st july free first. agency day i'm gonna be ho- technically homeless so uh i might have to crash on a couch mm-hmm. on july 1st <laughs> for that the day after i move out but uh uh, that's the plan so far. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, it would be very advantageous for the channel to live stream during that that moment in time. So, uh, and you know, we did the, the live stream on the trade deadline day, and people loved it because mm-hmm. there's people in Europe who don't have access to watch some of this stuff, and you know, they they like to tune in to a bunch of amateur goofs <laughs> on YouTube, and you know, they can interact with us and stuff like that. So it, it's it's fun for us, and it's fun for the viewer and a lot of people are at work or whatever too so they can't exactly follow it so yeah if you're if you're an american you have to work that day if you're canadian the majority of us have that day off because july 1st is canada day mm-hmm. it's a holiday so it's it's going to be an interesting day july 1st is always great in canada because uh like i said it's a holiday usually a holiday for most people and then it's free agency day and then there's canada day celebrations and stuff fireworks during the night july 1st is always a good day in canada mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm In the last live stream we did with the trade deadline, we had people coming into the channel that were new to the channel. Oh, absolutely. And now there's quite a bit of a following going on. So I think that if there was a live stream for free agency, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of these regulars pop in just like we did kind of last time.
1: Yeah. The the first time we did a live stream on trade deadline day, I think the channel had 45 subscribers or 46, something like that. And by the end of the live stream, seven hours and 20 minutes later, (laughs) uh, I think the channel jumped to... 64 subscribers or something like that so just you know people just come across it and uh you know generates new subscribers and it's it's when we did their live stream last weekend yeah it was last weekend uh you know there's some some familiar faces in there and i hope we see those familiar faces again in the next one it's it's interesting
0: i want to talk about eugene melnick again oh let's let's please talk about Eugene Melnick. there's already a video on the channel about let's talk about eugene melnick yeah but it just like it just seems this is a guy that just keeps on giving so, Eugene Melnick, friend or foe? If you're a media guy, you like him because he leaks stuff that he's not supposed to leak. Like, exactly, and he's entertaining. Like he he's, he announced, or he late let mention of the expansion before anyone knew or were supposed to know. He, yep. was, he was talking on Primetime Sports, and John Shannon was on there with him, and as soon as he said that, John and Bob's mouth just opened wide like, huh? Did he just say what I think he said? Yeah. And then they didn't know whether to question him on it. And then after like 10 minutes, John Shannon was just like, are you telling us there's going to be, you know, an expansion team? And then Melnick, like, of course, backtracked like, "Uh, well, no. Because he was talking about all the financial difficulties of, you know, having the, the, the next team brought into the league. But as a fan, he's not a great owner, I don't think.
1: No, he's... I've heard rumors recently of him going into the Ottawa Senators dressing room after a game and absolutely ripping the players really like tearing them a strip because of their performance or whatever i don't know as an owner i don't think you should do that that's i think that's crossing the line i think as an owner you hire
0: people to run things and you stay out of it exactly it's a you're an owner it's literally a business like if you have a if you have a problem with the team you take it up with the people in charge
1: of running that team
0: and a, then they deal with the players yeah you have,
1: you have a whole board there and then you have management and then you have a coach, A coach, and then like, an assistant coaches. Like there's very, there's a
0: lot of channels to go through. Yeah. Ownership to dressing room. Uh, I'm
1: not down with that. the on- The owner should interact with the players during like events and stuff like that. Like if you're having a, a charity event or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, the owner's going to be there. If you're having a team like Christmas celebration party or something like that, you know, all the teams have those stuff. They have Halloween parties and stuff and. Sometimes we get to see pictures of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you know, stuff like that.
0: Or the end of the season, going in and just congratulating them and thanking them for their hard work. And... Exactly.
1: Yeah, and Eugene Melnick is, uh, I don't know, he's very conceited. He's very conceited. He basically ripped the fans in the hockey world because they were blaming him for the lack of attendance in Ottawa. So let's, let's talk about that. So
0: I don't know if in the States or not, if this has been much of a big story or not, but up here, obviously, quite a few of the playoff games... For the Ottawa Centers have not been sold out at home. Can you think of any other team in the league at a home playoff game that would not sell out? Any
1: team? You know, I'm thinking of teams with low attendance, like Florida. And I think Florida would sell out Buffalo, because they they were selling out. They well, when they made the playoffs a couple years ago, mm-hmm. sold out. I think Buffalo would sell out if their Buffalo, team was competitive. Buffalo would. Oh my god, Buffalo would go crazy. That city, they've got a like. I think the most loyal fan base is Buffalo Sabres fans. Yeah. They've been through the ringers. They've been through so much crap. And I, I feel absolutely terrible for them. If they made the playoffs, that place would be so loud. So name a place that would not sell out. I don't think I can. You can't. I don't. like. I want to say Phoenix, but honestly, I think if you even if Phoenix made the playoffs. They, Arizona? Or sorry. Every time. <laughs> I have to correct you when you do it. Every single time. I just... I, what about Carolina? You think
0: Carolina would sell out? I think Carolina would sell out. Yeah, I think Carolina would sell out. So, definitely, people have been blaming the fans. People have been blaming the owner. Mm-hmm. People have been blaming the location. The weather, floods. See, I, I talked to you about this a little bit, like, on, I think, texting. Yeah. To me, this comes off as the Ottawa Senators, as an organization, not marketing the product, which is the team, properly absolutely and that includes everything from I guess the location but ticket prices parking prices yep and you know value for dollar I don't think that you can be mad at a fan for not going to all the home games when you're spending three or four hundred dollars per game
1: yeah I can't I can't imagine being an Ottawa Senators fan living in Ottawa and feeling obligated to go and support the team and then seeing the ticket price of four hundred dollars for a crappy seat. Like, and well, and yeah, then
0: find out the parking was just jacked up by 10 or $20.
1: Exactly. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, I don't even, I don't have that kind of money. Like, So, I... so
0: Eugene Melnick comes out last week, a couple days ago, and basically ha- releases this written press release saying that it's not fair to blame him for the problems of the team's attendance. And that he had a quote saying that it, because they weren't sold out, it was disturbing.
1: Mm. And I'm not buying that at all. No. No, not at all. He's there to make money. He's he made he's the decision maker in the majority of the finances and the ticket prices and the the parking, like you said, and everything. He's 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 not there to to. I mean, he's there to as a fan too, I guess, but he's there to make money, and that's all it comes down to. And he's talking about how how he's been
0: you know paying the salaries, and he's lately he's been working towards the cap, and you know he's done everything he can off the ice to try to make. The, the product on the ice better and that the city should respect that and I don't like it when owners come out like that. No, it's
1: it doesn't paint them with a, a good image. Uh, if, you're,
0: if you're the CEO of a company and you have a poor quarter, you don't come out in your press release and start blaming other things. Yeah, exactly. You talk about ways you're going to improve. Eugene Melnick has no accountability whatsoever
1: and it's a problem.
0: It's like you said, there's not a whole lot of owners that you know in the league the
1: names of right off the tip of your tongue. I can probably name five other than that i honestly i couldn't i couldn't name any because they're they're doing their job effectively their owners they have other people to manage the that stuff they're there to make the big decisions the big probably financial decisions and stuff and be at those events and stuff like that and otherwise they're you know they sit back and relax and enjoy and do you think the ottawa
0: senators are having a problem like buffalo are having where their their ownership are interfering too much Absolutely. Because if you look at Ottawa, Ottawa's been really hard on coaches too. They've like Brian Murray has let a lot of coaches go. They don't seem to get very long tenures in Ottawa either. Oh my God, I think we've seen probably six coaches in Ottawa in the past 15 years. It's kind of like... Maybe more. It's kind of like a side of Buffalo in a way. It's just ownership getting in the way instead of hiring the right people to do the right job. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think being loyal to former players like Alfredson or maybe even Brian Murray, he's been there so long... Do you think that's the right move to keep guys in there and being loyal to them? Or do you think, you know, obviously if the team's having problems, you should be looking at other management options
1: or people to bring in? I don't know because we see, I mean, we saw the clips of Alfredson up in the press box there and I I don't know his title in the team. Do you? Mm -mm. Because I don't like, I don't know what he's doing and I'm not saying he's not qualified. I just, I think he's in some sort of advisory role.
0: That's kind of how they bring people in. They create new titles and new positions. And I think the long term goal is to move them into something more permanent, but they have to learn that side of the
1: the business. Yeah, I mean, Steve Eiserman, we see it with and Steve Eiserman has done a fairly good job, though I think he has a very very good job. And you know, there's there's other guys too. I mean, actually, majority of of the guys in in these roles were former players. Mm-hmm. And Claude Julien, mm-hmm. he played hockey. Mark Burchfield played hockey. Uh, you know, it, it it goes on and on. These a lot of the younger fans won't know this, but Bruce Boudreaux played hockey. Like, it's, all, all these guys played hockey at one point usually, and uh, like I said, the younger fans won't really know this. So
0: I have a couple sheets printed off. People can't see this obviously because it's not recorded. It just has the coaches and the general managers on here. There are only eight general managers in the league that do not have a professional career playing hockey, hmm. and that includes the Vegas Knights. So eight of the thirty-one GMs are just totally business-related, and then the other guys have
1: all at least played professionally, which is pretty interesting. It's very interesting. And just going through the, down the list here, I mean, yeah, Garth Snow, Joe Sakic, Ron Hextall—these are big names. Doug Armstrong—these are these are big hockey names. I'm just going to take this a little bit to the side. I'm
0: going to I'm going to list the eight guys that do not have pro careers. So Stan Bowman, obviously very good, the son of of the great, <laughs> yes, Scotty. Uh John Chakya, I've never even heard of him to be honest with you. No, I haven't either. Uh Chuck Fletcher? I've heard the,
1: heard the name but I don't know much about him.
0: Ray Shero, obviously heard yep, that name. Yeah. Jeff Gorton, Pierre Dorian, uh Doug Armstrong, Lou Lamorello. Out of those eight guys, which who do you think's the best out of all of them? To me, uh, I would think it'd be a toss
1: up between Stan Bowman and Lou Lamorello. Yeah, I I want to say, hm, I want to say Stan Bowman. But I'm going to say Lou Lamorello Lamorello, because of what he's done early in his career. Yeah. And I
0: think that if Chicago was still
1: playing right now, I think that would also affect it. Yeah. I mean, no knock on Stan Bowman. Look at Chicago right now. Yeah. Probably the most impressive.
0: His team finds replacements every year. It's incredible. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And they they
1: fill in perfectly. It's I I don't understand. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, maybe Maybe in other sports. Maybe in... Something like the NFL or something like that, but not in hockey. You never see that. Like uh, Even if you're not a Chicago fan, you have to appreciate what that front
0: office does every year. I I don't get it. And they do it quietly, too. They're always ranked so high. It's like Panarin. Panarin came out of nowhere. Now everybody knows Panarin. Exactly. Like, who's Panarin? Oh, I know who Panarin is. Yeah, everyone's heard the name now. He had a great year.
1: Like they, they, their scouting staff is probably one of the best in the league. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, they they have holes to fill. Like they're, you know, they lost Scott Darling recently. Mm-hmm. They, I think their new backup goalie, technically on paper, is his name's like Jeff Glass or something like that. He's uh thirty one, I think. Mm. I think he's played one NHL game in his career. I think he played in the Europe or something like that last year. Uh, I don't think that's gonna gel with the uh, Chicago. No. organization moving forward with crawford they're going to need that to, to solidify their backup there so it's going to be really interesting to see what they do to see who they have in the system to bring up to see what kind of deal they can make there um i'm sure it'll be magic as, you, as usual coming out of chicago in their management
0: i think both of us kind of think that you know i'm switching topics again that ottawa may not make it next year yeah who do you think is the best chance for a canadian team to go long term next year and do you basically mm. make the same prediction you made this year?
1: This is really tough because like Vancouver's out of the picture, unfortunately. Do, they you think, do you think Edmonton has a better chance next year than they did this year? Next year? Yes, absolutely. Because I think the biggest thing that the Edmonton Oilers were missing was experience mm-hmm. and they got it this year. And going into next year, they're going to know what it takes to, to, to reach that next level of, I don't I don't know the word I'm looking for, but mm-hmm. uh, competitiveness, I guess, uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to go through each team. So Vancouver, no, because they're just, I mean, the scenes are coming to the end of their career. Uh,
0: and basically what you're asking yourself is, of the team you pick, are they going to be better than they were
1: exactly. next year? I think Vancouver will be better than they were last year. They've got, uh, you know, some, Bo Horvat is incredible. They've got a few other young guys too, uh, but they have a lot of decisions to make. So I don't think Vancouver is going to be competitive for the next couple of years. And then we have Calgary, you know, if they can solidify their goaltender, I think they'll be definitely teasing at the idea of of a playoff run. Mm-hmm. But um, until I get that goaltender situation figured out, I'm going to say no. I wouldn't be betting on them. No, um, no. I think uh, I'm going to skip Edmonton for a reason. Um Winnipeg, I really like Winnipeg's lineup. I like the style of hockey they play. I like the system they use. Uh, they just need a goaltender. It's kind of like Calgary. If Winnipeg can solidify a goaltender, man, that'd, that'd be a scary team. But I'm not going to pick them because I don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Toronto, still a lot of young guys. The, I think they'll make the playoffs next year. I, I would definitely, I would probably bet money mm-hmm. that the Toronto Maple Leafs would make the, the playoffs next year. However, I wouldn't pick them to be the next Canadian team to, to go on a, on a run. Ottawa, like we, we've already discussed, it too inconsistent uh, and. Um, Montreal, for probably the same reasons, too inconsistent. You have Carey Price, but if you can't score goals, you can't win games. And I think uh, that's
0: the main reason a lot of people pick Montreal to be playoff contenders is because they have the best goalie.
1: Exactly. But he doesn't have the people in front of him. He doesn't have the supporting cast up front, and Montreal will never win a cup until they actually get a few solidified goal scores Mm -hmm. and consistent ones. We can't can't rely on Max Pacioretty because he doesn't show up in the playoffs. Unfortunately, I, I like the guy, but... He just doesn't do it. So I, I mean, watch my favorite team, and I wouldn't even put, I wouldn't even bet that they would win the cup next, or even make the playoffs next year. So they're out. So I'm going to circle back now to Edmonton, and yeah, they're they would be definitely my pick uh, to to go all the way. They have the goaltender, they have the forwards. Uh, they need a little bit of work on their blue line, and uh, maybe a little bit of work up front too. But overall, I think they're pretty set in stone, and it's going to be exciting to watch the next year for sure. In general,
0: what what conference do you think has the easier path for a Canadian team to get to the final?
1: Oh, right now, probably the Atlantic. Three of the, of the seven teams in the Atlantic division are Canadian. Statistically, that's the, that's the easiest. And also, competitively, if we look at Florida this year and Detroit this, this year and Boston this year. Mm-hmm. Next year, uh, Detroit will be better. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Tampa will make the playoffs, although I said that last year. So who knows? I don't think Florida's going to make the playoffs next year.
0: There were people that had Tampa winning the whole thing this year. Like professional Doug people. Doug McLean.
1: Yeah. Doug McLean picked the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the Cup this year. But I mean, they were without Stamkos too, yeah. so. Yeah. Kind Again, of a small detail. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, I think the Atlantic v- Division is the easiest for any Canadian team to be in. And I agree that I think Edmonton has the best chance.
0: I also think they have the toughest path to get there. Absolutely. Which... Kind of in in a way sucks if you're a Canadian fan wanting a Canadian team to win, but even
1: with that tougher
0: path, I still think they have the
1: best odds. I think there's a statistic that a California team has won that division title. I think since the last, 2009, I think yeah, it's been like eight years, seven or eight years, or something crazy like that, which is crazy. And uh, so that that's you know, hockey's strong in California. As crazy as it, it is to say that, uh, those teams are. Have always been competitive for the past, mm-hmm. you know, seven or eight years. All three of them, really, minus LA this year. They, I mean, they almost made it, but it's it's nice to see success in hockey markets that you didn't think would necessarily thrive. But it makes it sure makes it tough for teams like Edmonton and Calgary who are stuck in that division. So let's let's do some predictions here. I like predictions.
0: Everybody likes predictions. Yeah, and we're usually wrong, hundred percent. So it's it's fun to do. Always
1: wrong. Give me the prediction in games. Who wins? How many? Uh, whew, Nashville versus Pittsburgh. Who wins in how many games? I really want to say Nashville in six, but I don't think I can. I think I'm gonna say Pittsburgh repeats in seven. I think it's going seven games, and Pittsburgh's gonna win. Ooh, I don't <laughs> want to say that. I,
0: mine's, I, even, mine's even worse than yours. Oh, I think it's gonna be Pittsburgh in six or five. Oh snap! And. I don't want that. No, I don't want that I want, I that want to see Nashville come out and, and hammer them, but I don't know. I think Pittsburgh's just, they're just too deep, and this is Nashville's first time getting this far. It would be an amazing achievement if they're able to pull it off, and I'd be so happy for them, but I, I just don't see it. No, oh, I want them to win so bad it's not even funny. But And when you think about, you know, Pittsburgh versus Ottawa or Pittsburgh versus Nashville, I would say Nashville would have a better chance and that that series went 7 but for
1: whatever reason I'm just, I don't think it's going to go that long. I'm thinking 5 or 6 games. Probably 6 but maybe 5. It's going to be exciting to watch regardless of who wins and, and how many games. It's going to be a really exciting series. Actually, I want to mention a, a comment. I don't know if you've seen this. The cheapest ticket for
0: the Nashville home games is $59 more expensive than the most expensive ticket in Pittsburgh. What? And that's because it's their first time getting that far. Yeah, so it's new. They're trying to reap the rewards, and financially. Are, and people are paying them. Dang, fifty nine dollars more expensive than the most expensive Pittsburgh ticket. That's really for the, for the absolute nosebleed cheapest ticket. That's really unfortunate. In Nashville. That's really really unfortunate. It sucks for the fans that have to pay. The, but I wonder if like this is all because like you know
1: celebrities are going to be moving in and oh I mean yeah they look at the look at the national anthem yeah they've had celebrities for every. Every game so far, I think. Uh, I know that Nashville has a a great outdoor... I read this morning that they're going to be blocking off part of the
0: city for games three and four, I think it is. Yeah. And those are going to be dedicated to just purely watching game parties, which is good because that's a ridiculous amount of money to spend for a nosebleed ticket. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know how much people in Nashville make. I know how much I make where
1: I live and it is nowhere near the ticket prices of those. <laughs> no, I couldn't justify that. No. I uh I was contacted actually by a Nashville uh, fan and they sent me pictures of the... I guess the block party might be the, the correct way to, to say that. I'm trying to find them. Kind of like what Toronto has outside for the Raptors and Maple Leafs Exactly, games. but oh. way bigger. Really? Yeah, I don't want to show you the picture. Uh, maybe I can't do that on my
0: phone, but... I think what I was reading... uh. The article online. It sounded like it was a fair amount of
1: street being blocked off. It's huge. It's it's pretty crazy. I don't know why I can't look at my messages here, but that's good though. I'll have to show you. All right. Do you remember when the Fredericton Canadians used to be here? Yes. Do you remember how much the tickets were? Nope. Uh, obviously, there's you know this is a different era, kind of and mm-hmm. things were less. They were, expensive. they were cheap. Yeah, they were cheap, really cheap. And I think it's probably that's probably the situation around the AHL as the frederick canadians were in the ahl but there's a pretty steep incredible margin for for tickets going up to the nhl it's crazy because i'm going to use the buffalo toronto situation so when toronto plays in buffalo you always see a lot of toronto fans because they cross the border and they drive down it's only like a you know 45 minute drive or an hour drive or something like that Mm -hmm. i don't know and the tickets are so cheap you can get a ticket and a hot dog and a parking for twenty dollars or something Mm -hmm. like that it's insane
0: when we were in niagara it was four tickets four hot dogs four pops and four popcorns for forty (laughs) two dollars and it was like how can we not do that but we didn't do it so but that's unheard of it's i don't understand it like we live in Fredericton, and we have the umb team here which is a university team yeah you don't get tickets to that game for ten dollars they're probably a little bit more than that not a whole lot yeah we're talking about an NHL game. Yeah. If you if you average it out, $10 yeah. for the ticket and then three food items. Yeah. It's unbelievable. If I,
1: if I went to Harvey's right now and got four hot dogs, it'd probably be about $14 or $15. <laughs> it'd be
0: more than <laughs> to go watch the Buffalo
1: Sabres play a game on the weekday exactly with three different food items. Yeah. We could go watch, I don't want to say crappy B team, but crappy in comparison to Buffalo, clearly. Mm-hmm. We could go to Harvey's, get four hot dogs buy four UMB tickets and I guess parking's free but mm. it would be probably twice as expensive to go see a UMB game with four people than it would be to go see a Buffalo Sabres game <laughs> with four people doesn't that make you jealous of markets in the states where the tickets are so cheap oh you, you have no idea like
0: I would be all over that yeah. if they had something like that here but they I, never would have something like that here it would, the
1: demand would be too high yeah hockey's too crazy in, in Canada for that and anyway, if we hop the, hop the border again and go back to Toronto, ticket prices are crazy. I went to a Toronto game this year. I sat at the very top, literally like the very top, only a few rows from the actual like back wall of mm-hmm. the top. It was $89 plus tax. Mm-hmm. And in Canada at the ACC. That's a pretty good price. Mm-hmm. I was happy with that price. That's, that's way less than I thought you were going to yeah. say. I thought you were going to bust out like a hundred and some dollar figure no, me. I was very, very pleased with $89. I had a great time and, and I didn't mind watching the game from that high. But those poor suckers down along the glass paying $450, $500 probably on a good day mm-hmm. to see a game in the ACC. Man, oh man, I wish I was rich because that'd be nice. But I, I, there's probably not even a ticket. In the Buffalo rink for four hundred and fifty dollars, you can probably get a whole press box with free food and <laughs> yeah.
0: a butler for four hundred and fifty bucks. It just makes me so jealous. Like, not only can we not go to games regularly because there is nothing around where we live, the two closest teams are basically Toronto, Montreal, <coughs> which are also probably the two most expensive places in Canada to go watch
1: games. Yeah, absolutely. The closest, the closest NHL city to us is Montreal. Oh, would it be Boston, actually, mm, geographically? I'm not sure. I think they're maybe about the same distance. They're pretty close. I think they're both about eight-hour drives from Yeah, there. about eight hours. But, I mean,
0: if you... Boston is quite expensive as well, though. It is. Almost maybe even more expensive. I think it is more when yeah. you factor in the conversion. Oh, yeah. Plus the hotels and stuff. Whew. Neil and I have tried a few times to plan a, a trip to Boston to go watch a Boston For Havs whatever game. reason. It, you can't. Boston hotels are insane. You're looking at $300-some dollars a night for average yeah like i don't know i guess boston's got a lot going on and they can charge those prices but
1: yeah i don't know if americans realize the difference in canadian dollar value to american uh if you don't i mean if we go down to the states and i have a hundred dollars canadian that gets me about 74 dollars american mm-hmm. if
0: and that's not counting the bank taking their fee so it's probably exactly. more like 72 if
1: i was an american i'd be booking it to canada for a vacation this summer
0: Absolutely. Oh,
1: if you if you're an American listening to this right now and you want to take your family on vacation, come to Canada. Like, like dollar seriously. for money,
0: it's unbelievable. You'd be raking in. Like we have a friend who lives in Texas and we've been yelling at him for a while like you can't beat like go to the Rockies, go yeah.
1: go wherever. There's so many nice places in Canada to go to and you can do it on the cheap. On the on the on the major cheap. I would recommend Prince Edward Island because I'm 100% completely biased <laughs> and you know, even if I'm not biased, Prince Edward Island is amazing. Like 25% of your money
0: automatically just, you have a hundred bucks, all of a sudden you've got 125. Yeah. And I mean, stuff doesn't really, I mean, some stuff does cost more up here, but like other stuff is relatively the same, like the cheaper stuff. So like hotel prices is generally the same. Like if you, if you find a $70 hotel in Canada, generally speaking, you'll find the same one for $70 in the States, yep. depending on the city. Like if it's a big city, obviously it costs more, but
1: gas is more expensive up here. Way more expensive. Yeah. Milk's more expensive. Milk is more expensive. Absolutely milk's more expensive. <laughs> Milk is cheese is crazy. Restaurants are more expensive. Yeah.
0: Okay, I remember when we went into Subway that one time. We're getting way off topic here, but you get a foot-long sub for four ninety nine
1: or whatever, and it's just like, whoa, like that cost you $11 in Canada. Oh, my God. Same with uh, a 20-pack of nuggets from McDonald's. Yeah. A 20-pack of nuggets from McDonald's is like $12 here. <laughs> yeah. You can get it for what? Like, I think it was dollars four ninety nine. I don't know if that's the regular price, but it, when we were down there, that's what it was. It was four ninety nine. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really know how much cheaper gas is down there, but as a reference, if you're an American, I, I drive a truck, uh, Ford F one fifty. It cost me a hundred and thirty dollars to fill the tank. It is a hundred and thirty liter tank, but mm-hmm. still one hundred and thirty dollars. I, I would be interested to see. What an American pays with the same vehicle down there for gas.
0: I think they pay two, high twos or low threes. I think it's high twos, a gallon. Gallons, yeah. So four liters. So basically they pay half what we pay.
1: Man, <laughs> crazy.
0: <laughs> Everything is a little bit and, cheaper down there because of
1: no health care. And phones, phone plans. Yeah, We get screwed in Canada for phones. I pay like a $99 plus tax for my phone. Yep. My cell phone. I'm talking about cell phones and i think they you know there's so much competition down there that everything's cheaper
0: one thing i will say that's better in canada is the network infrastructure our high speed internet is significantly better than down absolutely. in the states absolutely yeah. and this is getting way off topic but i think Fias was the first fiber company in the states because i remember when our buddy from texas first got it he let me know and then we had our start with bell yep and actually our city was the first place in the country that got it and then they expanded it everywhere else. And we don't have, like, I think out west they have caps. But where we live, there's no caps. Yeah, there's, there's no, no caps. throttling. Like, down in the States, all you hear is Comcast this, Comcast that. Yep. And we don't have to deal with any of that. So that's that's one nice thing, Oh, I yeah, guess. it's definitely plus. The price we pay is way high, though. It is. It's pretty ridiculous. You got basically two companies, three companies, basically running the thing. And every time one price goes up, the other two
1: don't go up. So... Yeah. I'm not saying there's collusion, but I think there might be collusion. <laughs> yeah. And the, like, the city that we live in, Fredericton, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't this the first city in the world to have city-wide Wi-Fi? Yeah, it might have been. Because it was like 20, no, maybe not 20 years ago. It was definitely the first one
0: ago. in Canada.
1: Yeah. I think, it, yeah, it was definitely the first one in Canada. I
0: think. Yeah, basically, if you were anywhere downtown or uptown, you could connect to Wi-Fi Free anywhere. Wi-Fi. And this yeah. was... It's like 15 years ago. This was a long
1: time ago, yeah. Yeah. Like early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. Yeah. Pretty crazy to think about, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's called the what? Freddie Zone? The Freddie Zone, yeah. It's still not good. No. <laughs> it wasn't good back in the day. It's still not good. It's but slow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what can you expect, really? It's, it's a have, city-wide Wi-Fi.
0: And you had a lot of people who lived in that downtown corner, basically using that as their yeah. own internet. So, of course, it's going to throttle a little bit, but...
1: Anyways, I think that's a, a pretty good conversation for now. Yeah, we got off topic a little bit, but I yeah. think uh you know, it's it's interesting because we do have American listeners, so they are probably always curious about Canadian things and we're always curious about American things. So
0: And that's part of the podcast too, is just loose loose. You talk about stuff and if it takes you somewhere, it takes you somewhere. So yeah. Uh, so we'll wrap that one up here. Uh hopefully we'll get uh, Justin back. His chair is empty over there and it's yeah, it's sad. It's uh, not quite the same without him. No. I'm sure this would have been one of the episodes
1: he would have loved to be on. I mean, his team just went on to the Stanley Cup Finals, so I'm sure he had the, lots to say.
0: Yeah, this is The only thing that would be better than this one would be if Pittsburgh does, in fact, win it. Or if they lose it, he would have lots to say. So hopefully yeah. we'll get him back. And and uh, thank you for listening. If you have any feedback for us, hit Neil up on Twitter, at post-to-post show. Uh, youtube.com slash post to post that's where all the videos are check those out subscribe and like them if you like them there's tons of stuff going to be coming up in the coming weeks i believe you know it <laughs> <laughs> and uh if you want to write an email to neil it's post to post show at gmail.com thank you neil for coming in thanks for having me all
1: right i, I appreciate you uh hosting this po- this uh, podcast on a weekly basis yeah taking a lot of weight off my shoulders well not really and uh, justin if you're listening we miss you buddy yeah justin it's not the same without you we uh we need you, buddy. Yeah, you're the you're the talent, so hope to see
0: you soon. You're the glue that keeps it all together. <laughs> exactly. And uh <laughs> thanks guys for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks, see you guys.